When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or if you like, if you can like, follow, subscribe, do whatever you can to help us out. It is truly appreciated. Spotify, we're also very big there as well, so if you can, give us a listen at any time. It is truly appreciated. I want to go ahead and give one more big shout out to our friends at First Entertainment Credit Union. They've got a great, 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 great new card for all Lakers fans out there, including a brand new Lakers debit card. So if you get a chance, check out firstent.org slash Lakers. That's firstent.org slash Lakers. And you can go ahead and check out everything that's going on there with the brand new Lakers debit card. You see Anthony Davis right there for everybody that's watching on Facebook Live. I want to check this out. I'm going to scroll up a little bit. They've got a video that's out with all the Lakers that are on there outside of LeBron, but most of the Lakers that are on there. And you see right there with Anthony Davis, you can also be enrolled in a sweepstakes right there. And you may win an autographed Lakers jersey, two tickets for an upcoming Lakers game sometime down the road. We don't know when that would be. But also you see there the great limited edition card set right there with Anthony Davis right there on it. So yes, if you want more information on that, go to firstent.org slash Lakers. And then also as well, our good friends at Lakerholics.com. If you're a big, huge Lakers fan, like a lot of people out there, go check out Lakerholics today, Lakerholics.com. You can actually read all of Tom Wong's rants that he's been doing, Laker Tom. I know Raphael and I are just been amused by all the anger that he's been spewing out there on LakerHolics.com, plus Jamie Sweet, Magic Man, and so much more. Plus, you'll see videos from Raphael, podcasts from us at the Lakers Fast Break, and so much more at LakerHolics.com. Well, my friends are here again that are online. We can't thank you enough for watching. Raphael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies. You got to give his shows five stars as well and like and subscribe his page NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. It's available, and I'm going to show it out later today. NBA Draft Junkies. Content Creators 805, welcome back. I hope you also took some deep breaths in the time that uh, it's been since our last, well, actually since last night, since we recorded. Right. Yeah, he was he was a little bit upset last night as well. Clipper, he's happy that the Clippers lost. Uh, he can't wait to see what excuses the media will say now about the Clippers since they think the Lakers are going to lose. Luca is better than Paul George, and so is Porzingis. I don't know. When Paul George gets hot from the outside, that's tough to beat when him and Kawhi are, are you know, are working together. But 
tonight. That is one of the games we're going to cover. In fact, we'll cover that first. Yeah, he feels good now. He feels good now. Got to creators zero five. Good. We're going to win on Thursday, Lakers fans. So we're going to go ahead and take care of business on Thursday. But again, we're going to cover the games tonight that took place in the NBA. Rafael Barlow. Again, if you can follow and subscribe to him on YouTube, and also as well follow like anything that he does on NBA Draft Junkies or his Run the Floor podcasts as well. Please do so. But Rafael. We're going to go ahead and start today with tonight's recaps of their, all the games that were played in the NBA playoffs today, day three. Already, my friend, going by all too quickly. We're going to start off with the Clippers-Mavericks game. A lot of offense, as was to be expected, but I'll tell you what. I didn't expect when Luka went out early in the fourth quarter with five fouls that the Dallas Mavericks would not only maintain their lead, but build it up to, I think, about a 17-point lead at one time. Yeah, I mean, it looks like the Clippers are having issues with dribble penetration, whether it's from Luka, Trey Burke, and, I mean, this the long right. I mean, they put, those the three right, guard, yeah. they put those three guard combos out there as soon as Luka went out of the game. That caused real problems for the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, even earlier in the game, I mean, weren't the Mavs up by like 16 early? Yes. And um, I know it's a game of runs. Clippers made some runs to, to, to cut the lead down, but they just can't stop dribble penetration. And for a team that has three guys that are, are known for being really good defenders, it's kind of surprising to see how easy the Mavs are, are getting opportunities. And... If I'm the Clippers, I'm worried. I mean, even though the series is tied up at 1-1, they could easily be down 0-2. They got a little bit of help from the Zebras the last game. (laughs) And, I mean, like, that was a a terrible call. But, yeah, if I'm Dallas, I'm confident. I'm feeling like, you know, the Clippers we all thought was – at least in my opinion, I shouldn't say we, but I felt like the Clippers were the absolute worst matchup for the Mavericks based off the regular season. And then even early in the last game, they were, you know, you could tell their game plan was to beat Luka up and to, you know, just kind of punish him. He was a little rattled early in the game. He had a lot of turnovers early, but as the game went on, started to notice that he could get to the basket anytime he wanted. Especially uh, if they had like Patrick Beverly on him, he was just too small. But if Patrick Beverly was out of the lineup tonight, that was that was uh, a big yeah. key for the Clippers and content creators. Eight hundred five, he was stating that Luca likes to control the tempo like an old school point guard, and I think that's a very good perception right there. He does have a lot of old school mentality in his game. I really like the way he controls the floor, and like like Raphael said, uh, like Raphael said, content creators eight hundred five, Dallas could easily be up two zero. And if it weren't for, like you said, the Zebras, but also head games for Zingas got his emotions took the better of him. And unfortunately, it should be 2-0 right now for Dallas. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think what he did was out of the ordinary. Yeah, I mean, like, if, I don't know. I mean, if, if Damian Lillard reacted the same way, doubtful he gets ejected if lebron reacts the same way it's doubtful that he gets ejected um yeah i mean i would say it like this i think in some cases if it was like maybe a patrick beverly 
a guy or even Westbrook, someone who does that often, is kind of chalked up as, oh, this their personality. This is who they are. And I think because it's Porzingis, he doesn't have a reputation for being like that. I think, in a sense, it kind of hurt him because they, you know, they threw him out. It's kind of like fouling. Like, you know, I've heard people say Patrick Beverly fouls on every play. But he's established himself as this aggressive defender, and I think he gets away with a lot more fouls than the average person. Yeah. And that's it. So, yeah, you're right. Like Westbrook. Westbrook pushes the rest to the limit every play, you know, when he doesn't get his calls. And I don't think he would have been ejected in that situation because the refs know that's his personality and that's what he's going to do. Plus there is a little bit of preferential treatment, I think. And I've seen from the upper echelon of stars, if Luca had done the same thing, I don't think he would have been kicked out. I agree. Yeah. Content creators 805 says it was a technical for sure, but the first tech was the one that was in called for because he got, an emotional for an all, I guess an air. Uh, that's right. That's he, right. He, he blocked the shot yeah, and it was yeah, clean. Yeah. But even then, though, I think that you can make the same case. I mean, players argue calls all the time, and and then I guess you can say with there's no crowd noise, it's easier to hear what. Oh yeah. Everyone is saying, but I feel like the players came back to the bubble in great shape. The refs are out of sync. I mean, they've had some games that they've changed with, with their calls. I feel like it's just been a lot of free throws, yeah. a lot of guys going to the line in the bubble. And I feel like the refs just are kind of out of sync, which that's probably something that we never figured would happen. When you think of all the scenarios that could go right or wrong in this, this bubble that the refs just seems like they're a step slow and they're just very, very sensitive with their whistles. The first tech, I agree with you, content creators, zero to five was uh, uncalled for. I think that at this point in time, if like you said, that, that was bogus call wouldn't happen. They should be up two Oh at this point in time, but it's tied one, one. Let me ask you this, Raphael, before we hit up some of the other games, do you think Dallas can keep up 50% shooting and 45 from three point area? Because they're going to need to consistently shoot that high in order to go ahead and, pose a great challenge to the Clippers going forward. Ooh, I mean, I don't know if they can continue those numbers, but I will say they found a way to get Zubak off the court. Yeah. He killed him in one of the bubble games. I think he was like, I don't know. He shot like 90% from the floor for one game or something crazy like that. I think maybe, maybe even was 10 for 10. I don't know. He was a non-factor today. And I think that, um, they kind of found something in the last game where they were hunting him out on pick and rolls. And if he gets switched out on Luke on a pick and roll, it's, it's a layup. Yeah. And if help comes that you can't really help off, off their shooters because they have so many good shooters. And so now with him not being a factor, I don't know if he'll be a factor going forward, especially even if they, you know, don't have Luca with the ball, Trey Burke is even faster. And, and so dribble penetration is what's kind of – I think that's what the Mavs have, have found a hole in the Clippers' defense. So I don't expect them to shoot that high, but I think they have found a way to get Zubox off the court, and which means more minutes for, for Harrell. And I, I, I'm not going to 
say that the series is going to change. I still think the Clippers probably have too much for the Mavs. But the Mavs have some firepower that can give the Clippers a run for their money. And also, if Paul George continues to shoot four for 17, then this, this series could easily go towards the Mavericks. I still think, like you, that the Clippers still have the edge, and, the, and obviously they have the talent to go ahead and overcome what the Mavericks is going to deal out. But like you said, just they all have to get on the same page. I think there's something, mm-hmm. there's still lack of team cohesion there. Uh, Rick Carlisle, like you're saying, Content Creators 805 is a great coach indeed. Yeah, obviously because he already has a championship under his belt, but he's always been respected and revered as one of the best in the league at drawing up a plan when he's had the talent around him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, at this point in time, he has enough talent to go ahead and provide a lot of uh, problems for the Clippers. And as long as they're shooting like that, uh, you know, if they continue to do what they need to do from the outside, they're going to make it, uh, they're going to stretch it out a lot more than I think some people suggested a sweep, five games, things of that nature. I think if they, if they can continue to hit from the outside, they'll make life tough for the Clippers. Yeah, I mean, but this is who they are. I mean, historically, this is the best offense in NBA history based off of offensive rating. So I kind of expect them to shoot well and to be able to get a lot of open looks. Defense is is the issue. Like, if they can defend middle of the pack, then they – I mean, they're very dangerous with that offense. And it's the same for even a team like Portland. You know, they don't have a lot of defenders, but if they can just defend at an average level and not bad, they're always going to have a chance because of, you know, the offensive creators that they have on the team. I agree with you, Content Creators 805. And, of course, what you're, everything you're saying, Raphael, is golden too. Absolutely. I believe you, you're correct 100%. But content creators 805, Beverly has to get healthy. I think he's probably just out. But maybe this game only you think he'll return. I, I did think... he get hurt? I mean, it's like the calf injury. <laughs> I, yeah. But I didn't see him get hurt the last game. Yeah. And he played until he played until the end. I mean, he was in their closing lineup. He had he had the big shot in the corner. He had a couple offensive rebounds. And I, I didn't see where he was hurt. I'm not saying he's fake or anything like that, but it's just one of those things where I didn't, I didn't see a play where he was holding his calf. He looked fine to me. Oh, yeah. The Lakers match up better, much better against Dallas uh, than the Clippers do at this point in time. But the Clippers, like I said before, they have some unique things going on. If they're hitting from the outside, they have so many players that they can turn to Morris, Williams, Montrez, Harold for the inside. But they've got so many different options, uh, you know, right there for Kawhi and PG that – I'm kind of curious why they're not dominating at this point in time. So uh, it just, right, like you say, on paper, they have probably the best 1-2-15 man roster. And I'm just kind of curious why they're not just dominating at both ends of the floor. Well, I think this bubble is different. What you did before the season was canceled means nothing. Your home court advantage means nothing. It's who's ever playing the best basketball at this particular time. And I mean, think the the top four records were Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, Raptors, and only the Raptors are still undefeated so far in the playoffs. I mean, we're still only in day three, yeah. but who would have thought the Bucks would lose to Orlando? Yeah, that's true. 
That that's very true indeed. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. The better that these Marvel films do, the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general, but other Marvel films also. I think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I'm speaking to Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. you got to go ahead and hit him up today at NBA Draft Junkies. Check out his two great podcasts, NBA Draft Junkies, and also as well, Run the Floor. You want to go ahead and check out those great podcasts. He has some excellent interviews. I know with one personally that I kind of like. Me. But anyways, it is NBA Draft Junkies. Check out his extensive line of videos, especially now that the lottery is around the corner. That's something tomorrow. I think, yep, tomorrow, can't wait for that. Plus also as well, you know, they talked about the the draft as far as, you know, just going ahead and, and checking out the, the players are talking about different spots that they're going to go ahead and, and start practicing, start, start gearing up, start going ahead and showcasing your skills. So keep on checking out Raphael's site, NBA Draft Junkies today. Yeah, I will go ahead and link the website for you. I'll go ahead and do that uh, here in a second for you, Content Creators 805. I'll be glad to do so uh, here in a sec. But I want to go on the second game right now because right now it looks like it's tied going forward in the weekend. I know you and I will be talking more about the Clippers Mavericks coming up here in the coming days. But right now I also want to hit up another game, Utah and Denver in the Western Conference. Utah with a commanding 124-105 to victory if everybody's seeing on Facebook Live. I want to tell you right now, my friend, Utah, even without Mike Conley in the lineup, even without Bogdanovich in the lineup, looked dominant today like I have rarely seen Utah look before. Well, remember in the last episode we talked about, uh, maybe it wasn't the last one. We've, I feel like we've done so many this week already, so yes. Wednesday. But Utah <laughs> wanted this matchup. Like, they tanked to face Denver. Yeah. And even though they were without two starters, I kind of counted them out. But they could have easily be up 2-0 also. I think Donovan Mitchell is a major problem for, for the Nuggets. And maybe Utah has found something with Donovan Mitchell as their point guard. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, Well, thing I want to point out to you is 57 in a loss, yet for today's game against the Denver Nuggets, much more efficient. And to me, I would rather have a much more efficient Donovan Mitchell because he can go on those days where he's getting 25 points on 25 shots. Right. I really like the way that Donovan Mitchell played today. I prefer this Donovan Mitchell. I know you and I talked about LeBron James yesterday, how Mm -hmm. you are more fearful of the aggressive LeBron James, as opposed to the distributor, distributor, more efficient LeBron James. I like this version of Donovan Mitchell a lot better. Well, in Donovan's defense, he's the only guy on that roster that can create his own shot. So there are plenty of times where he has to take bad shots because when they get late in the shot clock, he gets what they call a bomb. You know, they throw it back out to him with five seconds left and he's forced to create. 
he, I mean, think about their roster. Who on that roster can create their own shot towards the end of the shot clock or you can run the isolation for? It's either Donovan or Jordan Clarkson. So I think that kind of plays a role in his field goal percentage and even like his shot selection at times because they don't have anybody that they can give the ball to in those situations. And today, he, he I mean, yes, he was efficient, and I, but I still feel like they could have won the last game. That eight-second violation was key. And there was a couple things that could have went, a couple calls or a couple plays that could have went either way yeah. in, um, in Utah's favor. So if I'm them, I'm pretty confident. Conley, I mean, I feel like they played their best basketball this season without Conley. Yes. Got but off to a he, slow start. But he was and rounding he, into form in the bubble. Yeah, he was rounding into form in the bubble. But they were tanking, so <laughs> they weren't actually trying to win. So I wonder how things would change with with him coming back. And I mean, he's stuck on that team with that contract. <laughs> so even if he doesn't play well the rest of the way, I don't think that's a contract that can be moved, especially with his age. But I feel like for whatever reasons, they are a better team without Conley and with uh, Mitchell playing the point. But I think they need Conley. Snyder's just going to have to figure out a way to stagger their minutes and find ways for for them to get clicking because they have a real chance to, to win this series right here and advance to the second round. I will tell you one thing, my friend, because I agree with you. It looks like they have a really good chance, even more so than what we might have thought in the beginning. And Content Creators 805 said it looks like it's going 7 uh, another two OT, three OT, or you know how many OTs that uh, mm-hmm. they had last year uh, with Portland and Denver, something like that scenario coming up for a seventh game. But I, I think this is going seven. It has that feel. It has that kind of look. But my friend, I'm telling you what, MPJ, the future is really looking bright. I see him on the floor. Yeah, he's got some defensive issues. I think he should be better on that end of the ball. And I think he will be on at that end of the floor at some point in time. But he has got superstar written all over him. You see that jump shot. It is so smooth. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Denver has a big three. But also, I feel they are they're a unique team because they don't really have a starting point guard. Yeah. I mean, Jokic is their their point guard. And I think he makes those guys better because – especially like Murray. Murray doesn't really have to control the offense or, you know, balance out between looking for his shot and distributing the ball to others. So I think those two need to, you know, I think they're a good fit. And now that they have a big three, I mean, they they should be a pretty dangerous team. But then if you look at a game like today, Utah really has – Two scoring options, really, with Clarkson and and Mitchell. And that was a, that was interesting to see that Jordan Clarkson, who I know a lot of people are kind of sour on, even though he's performed pretty good for Utah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people had said that him on the floor in a playoffs type of situation would be to the other team's advantage, and he proved them wrong today with a great performance. In fact, a career playoff high. I think what twenty seven, twenty eight. I think he. Uh, did a great job today. In fact, let me look it up right now. Yes, Jordan Clarkson actually got 26 today on efficient 50% shooting, 44% from three-point area. I mean, that's what you need to get from a guy like Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. 
He provided some quality minutes. And in fact, the whole team did, which is something, again, going forward, if Donovan Mitchell does not have to feel like he's doing it all himself and has to score 57 points each and every time out, if he's efficient, my gosh, Utah is so much deadlier. But, you know, what's funny is the game he had 57, he was 19 of 33 from the floor. So he was efficient in that game. That's 57% from the floor. Got to the line 13 times. Was even 6 of 15 from three. They just got six points from O'Neal and Morgan combined. And it's hard to win when your two forwards only combine for for six points. Touche, touche, my friend. I just, I, but you've seen those games with Donovan Mitchell where he just will take yeah. the ball, uh, heavy load, uh, shoot too much. I don't want to dare I say someone we're familiar with in Lakerland as far as number 24 is concerned, but there were those days with Kobe Bryant where he just wants to feel like he can take on the world and take on the other team all by himself. And sometimes that's to the detriment of the other team. But, right, and, and I think that's why they thought Conley would be good as far as balancing him out. Yeah, and for whatever reasons, they just don't. They just haven't seemed to mesh well together. I think Jordan Clarkson, content creators eight hundred five, is going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Um, if that's the case, he he'll get some money. I don't know. Some some teams will be apprehensive when it comes to him because. You're not really sure what you're going to get when it comes to Jordan Clarkson. Are you going to get the guy that's going to be that spark plug for Utah, or are you going to get that guy that's maybe only going under the radar like he did in Cleveland, and even at points in time with Los Angeles, because he was very frustrating for a lot of Lakers fans. One day he's going to get you 20. The next day he's going to get you, you know, and not, not very much of an output. He was very inconsistent in his time as L.A., but obviously he's found some type of consistency there in Utah as a source of scoring option for them off the bench. So going forward, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, you know, my friend, I want to ask you if with Utah and Denver, you see it now going like me, a seven-game series, like Content Creators 805, a seven-game series, because I really think it's going to go for the long run, I think, in this series. Yeah, it may end up being the most entertaining series as far as length goes. Um, but to answer your question, Jordan Clarkson is a free agent this year. He's making $13 million. It'll be interesting to see if he gets the same amount of money that he got before. I mean, I think he is who he is at this point. I think as a you, you know what you're going to get from him, a guy that's going to come in and provide instant offense off the bench. If he's not on, then he's probably not going to provide anything. Um, but Utah needs him because they have such a need for another score, a guy that can get his own shot. So I think it makes perfect sense for him to resign with the Jazz. It as would. far as the, yeah, the series, I think it goes seven. Okay. I really, I really do. I think it could be one of those series with no team wins two in a row. It's just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I like you said. Uh, I think for NBA fans out there, this is probably the one series they can count on the most for going a long way and being very exciting each and every time out. Mm-hmm. Once, once again, I'm speaking to Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Check out his great podcast today, NBA Draft Junkies, and Run the Floor. Plus, also his tremendous YouTube page and his site, NBADraftJunkies.com. My friend, we're going to go on to Boston and Philadelphia. 
And I want to ask you this straight off the bat, uh, because after watching Boston dismantle Philadelphia, after Philadelphia had a nice lead, I think about 12, 14, I think at one time early in the game, uh, they just basically collapsed. And I'm showing people now on Facebook Live the the, uh, the stats right now. And they just fell off a cliff real quickly, Philadelphia did. Boston overhauled them, even with Gordon Hayward out of the lineup. Tatum, Tatum has to do this. Tatum has to continue to do this each and every time out. He has to play like a superstar. Boston is so much better when he does so. This series is over. It's over. (laughs) The guys in Philly are, they might be home by by Monday. (laughs) They'll be out of the bubble. I mean, they just don't have a chance. This, their roster is terribly put together. They don't have any floor spacing. Their body language looks awful towards the end of the game. And I think what makes these bubble series even more interesting is, is they're really, our guys going to really have an incentive to fight if they get down 0-2. Yeah. Well, we're going to see my friend. But yeah, right now... Of the series, I think, that are out there, I think this one is, in my opinion, already decided. Boston just looks like they're running very well. Uh, And, again, it goes back to Tatum. If Tatum can consistently play like he's been playing so far in the playoffs, he had 33 points today, 12 of 20, 8 from 12 from three-point area. That is just insane. You know, if you're a Boston fan, you're liking what you're seeing. Going forward... Is it going to be an issue in the next round without Gordon Hayward in the lineup, or do you think that they can still keep with that momentum going forward? Well, one, if you're a Philly fan, you're sick to your stomach because the Sixers had the number one pick in the 2017 draft, and they passed on Tatum. So that's the only reason he's in Boston. So that's he probably has extra incentive also because they passed him up in the draft. And then uh, another thing that hasn't been mentioned yet is allegedly Philadelphia signed Horford to this $100 million contract because he was the best defender on Embiid and they didn't want to face him in the playoffs. How ironic is it that they could end up getting swept (laughs) by Boston? And Horford hasn't looked good. And that's a $100 million contract that that they signed a guy who's in his advanced age, which didn't make sense to me. And I don't think it made sense to a lot of people when it first went down. So I think this is even more crazy how, you know, Boston looks like they're going to just run through them. Horford got old overnight. I'm going to say it here right now. He he just, he went from a major contributor to a, a solid winning team in Boston to, my gosh, uh, a shell of himself now in Philadelphia. And I'm not sure it's all on Philadelphia or the coaching or anything like that. I think a lot of, uh, you know, I think uh, some of it has to be put on Al Horford himself. But you know what's funny? I remember the same thing happened to Garnett. I felt like the year he left Boston and went to Brooklyn, he got old overnight that yeah. year. Okay. Well, the process. But yeah, that was a mistake. That well, was a mistake on a. Uh, Philly's part. This is true. And and content creators is talking about the Fultz trade. And I think they could use Fultz right now. I mean, it was a mistake to take him number one, but they don't, he he would be their starting point guard right now. And he would 
do a lot better than what they have. He's but, found a home in Orlando. Yes, he has. He, he's provided them a lift. Uh, and right now the process with Elton Brand is not actually working out right now. I think Brett Brown, I think Brett Brown's already gone. I think he's like one foot out the door already at this point in time. Um, and I feel bad for him because he, I don't think it's really his fault. But I want to see if that job comes available and the Nets job is available, the Bulls job, the Pelicans job. If you're a coach, would, are all those jobs better to you than the Philly job? Yeah, you never know. At this point in time, uh, it looks like there's going to be a clean slate in Philadelphia coming. I uh, do want to say this, though. Some of it, he was, he did serve as GM at one point in time, GM coach, I think, it went before. He did, and I think he made the Zaire Smith pick. Yeah. But he didn't. Colangelo drafted Fultz because I remember we found, you know, the whole burner account. So that was <laughs> <laughs> that was that mistake. And then he wasn't the one that spent three hundred million dollars on Horford yeah. and um, Tobias Harris. Tobias last summer. So yeah, I think his biggest mistake um, that I can think of off the top of my head was the Zaire Smith trade or a draft pick who. He just really hasn't contributed. They could have drafted me or you in that spot and provided the same type of impact. I wish they would have. Would have been some money for us. So. Yeah, guaranteed contract as a mid-first-round pick. I could live off that. I could live off that too myself. <laughs> but before we head on out, because it looks like that series is all but over at this point in time, maybe Philadelphia has some fight in them. We'll have to wait and see. But the last game of the day I want to go ahead and talk about is – Coming up right now, and that is the Brooklyn Nets and Toronto Raptors. And Brooklyn gave up a fight. Uh, I mean, they just they put up a fight, but it wasn't enough. And unfortunately, for however much effort they're going to give, it looks more and more like Toronto's going to be moving on to the second round. Uh, just, I think, a, a subpar Toronto performance, but they were able to go ahead and get away with it. Yeah, I think that series is over. I think... The Nets will still fight because they have a bunch of guys that don't have contracts for next year and that are, in a sense, kind of fighting for for their their next deal. Yeah. And then, I mean, that team just has fight in them. It doesn't seem like it's a team with any egos. They're not the most talented team, so that's the only way that they know how to play. And like I predicted, I think the series goes four. I think it's going to be competitive for – up to three and a half quarters, and then talent takes over. It's looking more, that more like that today. That's exactly what happened today. Looks like I think they led most. The Nets led most of the game, if I'm not mistaken. That they did. That they did. It's looking more and more like that. Uh, you know, and, and like you said, the effort's there, but it doesn't look like the talent's going to. That looks like talent's going to win out in the end. Uh, mm -hmm. One last question on that is, do you think that Brooklyn will still take a look at their head coach, even if they get swept as far as keeping him long-term? Yeah, I definitely think they should. Um, to me, the top two coaching candidates available, or I guess the top three would be Kenny Atkinson, Tyron Lou, Jason Kidd, and two of those coaches <laughs> they've already had before. So I think Lou is going to have his choice between – the Bulls, Pelicans, probably Sixers, and uh, I'm missing one. Yeah, so I guess for those three. Yeah. And so um, 
it'll be interesting just to see like what what he does. Does he wait and until the playoffs are over? I don't know. But we'll we'll see. We'll see indeed, my friend, but it was a very interesting day of basketball at the NBA playoffs. Content creators eight oh five want to give you a big shout out again for watching today's show. And Raphael and I are going to be doing this, uh, I guess, each and every night for the NBA playoffs. He's game. He's in a different time zone, so I'm more than happy to go ahead and, and get on the air with him. And if he's willing to do this each and every night, even on non-Laker nights, I'm more than happy to go ahead and talk to him anytime because it's always a pleasure to do so. And we're going to go ahead and analyze the playoffs each and every time out. So if you stay tuned to us either here on the Lakers Fast Break Outlets, Lakerholics.com, or as well... We are going to try and jump on from time to time our, the RTF Sports Network. Hopefully that will work out. We are supposed to be there tonight, but things didn't quite work out. But we're going to go ahead and try and see if we can get hooked up to our good friends at RTF Sports Network again. Please go ahead and check out, for all you Lakers fans out there, one last time, firstent.org slash Lakers for the beautiful brand new Lakers debit card. You see it right there on the screen for Facebook Live. You see the special edition, Anthony Davis right there edition right there for the first entertainment credit union Lakers debit card looks beautiful right there and if you want to go ahead and find out more about how you can get your own Lakers debit card and also enroll into a sweepstakes where you can get a limited edition Anthony Davis set right there that I'm showing on screen plus an autographed Lakers jersey and two Lakers tickets for an upcoming future game which again I don't know when that will be but you know, that's what are, they, are they virtual tickets or actually real tickets? I think real tickets. They they mentioned Staples Center, so yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's keyword. That, that's the keyword. <laughs> I don't know where in the Staples Center it will be, but I'm sure Mom, you're in the building. Yeah, you're in the building. You're in the building. So it's a great contest and sweepstakes that they're provided. So you go ahead to firstent.org/lakers. Looking forward to go ahead and checking more out from First Entertainment Credit Union. Plus, also as well. Lakerholics.com. Content Creators 805 says he's from beautiful Santa Barbara, so that will work for him. Yeah, it's a Lakers debit card. Absolutely. It's a Lakers debit card. Take a look at it. Firstent.org slash Lakers. I'm going to go ahead and post it before we head on out right here on the link. But before we do head on out, my friend, I want to ask you this, Raphael. Tomorrow night's game, Lakers Blazers, what do each team have to do to go ahead and win that respective game? I'm giving you. I'm giving. I'm not saying just the Lakers. I'm giving because I know you're a Blazers fan. So I'm giving you option for to do both right now. All right, I do Lakers first. Um, if I'm Frank Vogel, I'm scrapping the whole too big lineup. I know it's probably a pride thing where you don't want to change the lineup that got you to this point, got you to the number one seed in the West. But I just to me, it just doesn't work. Uh, I'd ask LeBron to be a little bit more aggressive because at the end of the day, this team only goes as far as LeBron takes it. It's his team. He is their best player, not Anthony Davis. I don't think AD should be taking more shots than LeBron. And AD has to play better. Eight for 24 is... Not going to get it done. Yeah, it's not going to get it done. And then, of course, you know, all of that wouldn't matter if... um, they shoot 15% from... If, if he shoots his high 80s percentage from the free throw line and he's getting 20 free throws, that's different. But he wasn't even shooting well from the free throw area. And he missed two 
I mean, I don't know if four minutes left in the game qualifies as clutch, but in a playoff game, fourth quarter, missing two free throws in a row is is big. So, yeah, that would be the main thing. I just feel like as a Blazers fan, it plays to our advantage when they have AD on the court with another big. Lakers are much more dangerous when AD is at the five and he's on the floor with Kuzma and LeBron and you know, whoever the guards are. As far as Portland, I'm hoping I can get a better game out of Gary Trent and Carmelo, even though they did hit two big clutch threes late in the game. They didn't shoot the ball well at all. I want to say like four of 11, three of 11 or something like that. And then Nurk had a really big first half where I thought he was going to grab like 30 rebounds. I thought he's going to put up some West Unsell numbers. Kind of ran out of gas again which is somewhat to be expected for someone that hasn't played in probably at least, I don't know, a year, a year or so, probably a little bit more than a year. And uh, so, yeah, hopefully you can get a better game out of him. And, uh, I mean, Dame is going to have to do what he's been doing. I mean, he's so focused and he's locked in. So if you can get the same production out of Dame and CJ and get the team to shoot a little bit better, I think they should be pretty confident in their chances of going up 2-0. And if the Blazers go up 2-0, it is going to be a wild day on social media. Well, you'll see us tomorrow, uh, yep. myself, and I'll bring on Laker Tom on the Laker Fast Break outlets, and, and we'll see how mad he is and how sad I look. I'll have that puppy dog look, you know. I'll have like, oh, <laughs> because I will be so sad if the Lakers are, are in that position. But they'll bring it on to themselves if they don't go ahead and stop one fast of the game, like Content Creators 805 is saying, either let Dame go off and stop everybody else or try to go ahead and slow him down more effectively. They need to go ahead and do so. And they're you know, Portland up until yesterday's game was not having an effective time on defense. The Lakers have to, got to go ahead and exploit that defense a lot more because it has not been very good inside the bubble. Well, I think that's the reason why it plays to the Blazers' advantage when they, when Portland, I mean, sorry, when the Lakers run these two big lineups because you want to get Carmelo Anthony defending in space. And if he has to guard Kuzma and he has to hedge in on AD, then they pass the ball and then close out on Kuzma, it makes much more of a difference because Melo's just not good at moving his feet in yeah. space. But, but with the Lakers and their big lineup, they're, they're, I mean, he's not really being put in space. He can sit there in the paint and dare guys to shoot. So, uh, I'm curious to see if, like I said, if Vogel decides to change up his rotation, which on one hand you can say, well, he needed to change his rotation. Then on the other hand, you can say, well, this rotation got us here all season and you're changing it after one game. Some may say that he's panicking. So it's one of those things where if it works out, then it looks good. But if it doesn't, then he looks bad. And I think if, you know, they get down 2-0, LeBron's not used to being in this position, and I think the pressure is going to be oh, it's going to be a lot of pressure on everyone involved. I agree with you on that, my friend. A lot of pressure indeed. Jason Kidd was probably sitting where, sitting there like, okay, I'm just a couple more. <laughs> I could be in the, in the front seat next year. 
Content creators 805, and I agree with you on that. When JaVale or Dwight Howard in the lineup, it it's hard to spread the team out. It's hard to spread the other team out and get them to go ahead and open up those lanes for LeBron and AD. It is very hard and difficult. And I know that Laker Tom with JaVale McGee especially, uh, you can't even mention his name right now to Laker Tom. It just starts to get his blood boiling with JaVale McGee and for Danny Green as well because – you know, he sees the fact that Danny Green is not effective right now on the floor and JaVale McGee is not doing enough to go ahead and keep the defense honest. So if you're going to continually pack that paint in on LeBron and AD, you're going to continue to see the problems that the Lakers are having. So they've got to make some changes. they got to make some soon. I personally am agreeing with Tom that Kyle Kuzma needs to go into the starting lineup. He's been playing somewhat effectively. Even in the last game, he played effective at both ends of the floor. So I I would assume that that change is going to happen sooner rather than later. So you're saying that that it makes sense for them to change their rotation after one playoff game, even though well, this is going off of, Well, this is going off of the bubble because you said it's a completely different story. Once they've gotten in the bubble, their offense has just not clicked at all. And that's the problem. This is not just something that has happened in just one game. And I understand you usually don't rush after one game. And you and I both know that Frank Vogel is probably not going to do it. He's probably just going to keep the same lineup. But this is, to me, now nine games in the bubble. Since you're in the same format, in the same Mm -hmm. arena, each and every time out, and you're still not getting it done. Uh, And content creators, 805, pick and rolls. It's all about pick and rolls to me. I need to see more LeBron and AD on pick and rolls. I think when they are doing it, it's effective. But again, they're not doing it enough for my liking as well. Well, can they? I mean, like... I mean, I think what makes the pick and roll effective is floor spacing. And so when they're trying to run it, it's in, it's, they're facing like a drop coverage where they're already sagging back. Man, I looked at the stats, and um, I want to say they only had like three pick and rolls. Yeah. And, well, if I'm not mistaken, they had three pick and rolls, and AD was 100% from the floor when he – was able to get the ball on the pick and rolls. But I think the biggest issue was AD only had three post-ups yesterday. Very interesting. And I'm just going to say right now, yeah, AD has to play a lot more five. AD has yeah. to play a lot more five. Yeah. He has to play a lot more five. And I also feel like even though he's been in the playoffs before, this is the first playoff series where he's expected to win. Yeah, I agree. The one that he did win against Portland, it was an upset. The Blazers were the higher seed. If they would have lost that series, they you know, wouldn't have been any pressure on him. But the key thing in that series that's different from today is what position was he playing? He was playing at five. They had Miritich at the four. They had floor spacing. And he was an absolute monster because he had space. And the Lakers don't have a Miritich on the roster, but – for the life of me, I don't understand why AD doesn't understand himself. He had his best season as far as team record-wise when he was at the five. I know they say he's been reluctant to play the five because of whatever whatever reasons, but he makes his team and everyone around him better, and he has much more of an advantage when he is at the five. I couldn't agree with you more on that. 
We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And content creators 805, before we head on out, at least when Howard comes to the game, he's making his presence felt, and you can see him trying balls out 100%. That is if he, is he tries to get one or two offensive fouls, because usually when he comes in, he's getting that either that illegal screen or he's just taking the refs off or something like that. He's usually getting like two really silly fouls, but he is going ahead and being effective on the inside. Just please, Dwight Howard, but I, I know for you, he like you like this. Please stop gift wrapping the ball right there at the net for Hassan Wyside to block. Because when you just put it just so casually up there, you're. I understand that Dwight Howard is no longer the high coming out of high schooler with the athleticism, and it just seems to me that he still thinks he's that 19 and 20 year old guy that can just go ahead and leap over everybody. And he's finding out this year that's not entirely the case. Yeah, and he still has to load his jumps. Like, that was one of the most frustrating things about him was, like, if you compare him to Powell Gasol, if Powell got the rebound, he never brought it down. It never went below his chin. He always kept it high. If Dwight gets an offensive rebound, he's going to bring it below his waist. He's going to squat. He's going to try to power up. By the time he does that, he's going to get fouled. And if he gets fouled, there's a 50% chance that he makes his free throws. If he could just learn from Powell, keep the ball high, I think he left thousands of points on the board in his NBA career for doing that. And against somebody like Hassan, you can't do that because he has the length to block your shot at the rim when you're squatting down. So, But I think also this series could come down be- between who plays smarter between Hassan and Dwight. <laughs> Hassan run, won round one yesterday. I think Dwight did some good things while he was out there, but he picked up I don't know how many fouls that he just kind of he does that every us. time though. He, he's yeah. just literally you can count on it each and every time. If he limits that, he limits the silliness and just pick and rolls. That's something we don't see anymore out of the Lakers right now in their offense is those lobs. Those lobs earlier in the season were killing teams, and we're just not seeing that at this point in time, which is, like you say, content creators, 805, putbacks. But putbacks, when it comes to right now, are being really, really tough for the Lakers because they're making it easy for Hassan Whiteside and not going up there either with the intent of getting fouled or or trying to do something to play off that that shot blocker because he's you know Hassan's doing a great over time but the only thing I see is I don't don't see the the lobs that I once did earlier in the season I think that's also a problem for the Lakers not running their offense their offense just does not look smooth at the time well I think the lobs come with floor spacing because if you are you know if they're running a one if they're running a pick and roll 
and you have to help out on the road, man, which you're going to leave the corners open. Yeah. And if the corners are making those shots, it loosens everything up for the lobs. But if they're not making shots and Danny Green is open and he's swinging the ball and, like I said, I saw him put the ball on the floor and dribble twice yesterday. That was my first time ever seeing him do that, probably since he was at North Carolina. And he was open when he did it. But, yeah, I think, like, shooting opens everything up for the Lakers, from Dwight and JaVale and AD being vertical lob threats. And that's what all three of those guys do well. That was one of the things that teams struggled with defending the Lakers because you had to guard them not only vertically, but you had to guard them, you know, in space. And when they're not making shots, it makes it makes things tougher. And, uh, you know, it closes LeBron's closing lanes down. But I still think that, you know, even though LeBron played well on paper and even though Laker Town disagreed with me, I feel like you're LeBron James. You're going for the championship. You're in L.A. You can't be defended one-on-one by Gary Trent and you only take 20 shots. He took 20 shots in 41 minutes. He averaged like 19 shots this season in 34 minutes. So you can't be less than your shot per minute average in the playoffs against a tired Portland team that has zero wing depth. Uh, Content creators at 05, J.R. Smith is a good long passer. He's saying, yeah, he, he is a good long passer, but at this point in time, I don't think that Vogel will go to him unless the Lakers go down 0-2. The Lakers go down 0-2, he's going to go ahead and hit, you know, crack that that case and try and pull out everything he can in case of emergency. And J.R. Smith, to me, is an emergency option at this point in time uh, because he's been not been able to hit the outside shot since he's come back so far as of yet. And Content Creators 805 is... When our guards drive baseline, AD needs to cut to the basket for the lob. Again, it's just about creating what that guard space. driving baseline. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> I think Caruso is the only one right now has been able to go ahead and you know give you anything as far as a drive in. The other guards, KCP, he seems to stop halfway in the lane right now. He seems to get himself stuck. A couple times he tried to shoot it, but you know they're not they're not respecting him at all or Danny Green at this point in time. So. We'll see what happens when it comes to Thursday. I know I'm going to have you here. I'm going to have Liquor Top here, which will be very interesting, to say the least. We're going to talk not only about the Lakers and Blazers, but all four NBA games tomorrow. And what Raphael and I, as draft junkies, I should say, yeah, we're going to be part be, of the crew. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'll be part of your crew anytime, my friend, because you know, be, being associated with you, only brings me up even to a higher level. So because, uh, you know, uh, when you're considered, hey, you, you know the NBA draft? There, Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I'm associated with this man right here. So lottery is coming tomorrow. I'm so excited for that. It's going to be a busy day for everyone. So I know it's late for you, my friend. We'll go ahead and shut it off for now. Content Creators 805. I'm looking forward to having you back on, my friend, and hearing your thoughts uh, I'd love to get you on the show at some point in time if you're ever willing. So let us know if you're interested. We'd love to have you hang out with us. Uh, has Danny Green played better than Smith in the bubble? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I mean, like Shannon Sharp said, 
was it was he talking about KCP or Green? He said they should get a point for hitting the rim. <laughs> that would help. <laughs> That's too mean. That's too mean. But we will see what's going on with the Lakers and Blazers. All four NBA playoff games will go ahead and cover. And of course, the NBA lottery. Thank you so much, content creators eight oh five. Says he loves his channel. I appreciate it. You know, we try to go ahead and provide entertainment, provide you guys with with some Lakers insight, but also the NBA. Thank you again, content creators eight hundred five, for all the love you've given us. Great show. He he was saying so. Raphael, that's all Raphael. I'm just I'm just hanging off his coattails at this point in time. I'm just just riding the waves. I'm the guy in the back on the on the the water skis. He's driving the boat. He's like he's on a speedboat, like one of those uh, super super sped up engines. And I'm just hanging on for dear life. Yes. No, you're the star. You're the star. Oh, you're, no. you're, the, you're the max player. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're the max player. I'm just, my job is to knock down open shots. All right. All right. We'll, we'll fight over that. We'll fight over that. But uh, you can't wait till there's thousands of viewers live stream on YouTube. Well, I'll tell you what, whether you're watching on Facebook live on any of the groups that are out there or also as well, right here at, at Lakers fast break on YouTube, we just truly appreciate it. I know Rafi and I will probably hopefully work some working something out on his channel. I'd like to go ahead and do something for his channel as well. That's up to him, uh, the yep. RTF Sports Network. We're going to try and share the love around with all of our stuff, hopefully in the near future. But I want to thank you, Content Creators 805, and everyone out there for the great comments and the great love out there. Rafael has that Dame Lillard calmness but wisdom. <laughs> Who said that? Uh, Content okay. Creators 805. He, he says you have that Dame Lillard calmness but wisdom. Go. Okay. So I, he, he said I'm focused. Yes. Laser focused indeed. <laughs> I, got, I got the look in my eye because Dame looks like an assassin right now. He does. He does. But can the Lakers go ahead and and fight off what Dame Lillard has to offer? Or will Raphael be even more happier, more focused? And we'll provide... see. I know I, one of the things that I'm concerned about, and I've kind of seen the, the joke on social media, and they're saying if the Bucks. And the Lakers go down 0-2. Don't be surprised if Adam Silver announces guys have came down with COVID. <laughs> that would be too funny. Yes, 55 to 55 of the 300 players came down with COVID all in the same day. No, <laughs> that would be too funny. <laughs> well, once again, it is Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. Please check out the great work he does there. His Run the Floor podcast, it's NBA Draft Junkies podcast, NBADraftJunkies.com, and NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. FirstENT.org slash Lakers for their awesome Lakers debit card. Lakerholics.com, because Laker Tom would kill me if I didn't mention Lakerholics.com like 14 times in an episode. So I do want to go ahead and thank everybody for watching. Thank everybody for listening. This is also going to be out on audio format, so I'm looking forward to go ahead and providing more content each and every night out on the playoffs right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.